When we think of AI, usually one of two things spring to mind. The hyper-advanced, possibly sinister creations from cinema. I'm talking about you, HAL 9000. Or the not-so-advanced slowpokes we sometimes have to deal with when a real agent is unavailable. Chatbots are becoming more and more of interest to financial institutions, and there are two types. You know, there's a standard chatbot. The annoying ones that make you go round and round the same <laughs> same time, but right because um, they can't understand you, right? They understand the number right. two, and they understand. Right now, I have no. a very personal request. Please listen <laughs> right. to me. But maybe hear that's... my story. Hear my story. Yes, we've all been stuck in one of those endless "please describe your query" loops on the phone, or found ourselves completely exasperated when the virtual agent can't fix our problem. But with every passing day, AI is becoming more ubiquitous among the services we use and, thankfully, more sophisticated and even more helpful. Jill Mason, Director of Business Transformation, Robotics and AI for FI Payments at FIS, joins us today to discuss the future of artificial intelligence in credit unions and how employing more of this technology will improve member experience. This is Financial Futures, the podcast that charts the frontiers of fintech innovation. In this series, we explore the trends that are already transforming credit unions and the technologies they'll need to prosper in a brave new payment landscape. I'm your host, Erin Dangler. And today, artificial intelligence. We'll be diving into the world of AI, not the Spielberg movie, and getting to grips with where the technology is now and how it could be used in the future. Jill Mason of FIS will be sharing her insights and telling us where we could see AI being rolled out within credit unions and how it could help both employees and members alike. So AI can be used to improve account holder experience by providing a more smooth identification and authentication process for the user. We can mimic live employees through chatbots and virtual assistants. Those types of things allow us to deepen the customer relationship because we're building loyalty when we're accessible. But before we get into the futuristic possibilities AI can offer us, let's first find out a little more about what AI actually is. It used to be when someone would say AI, it was in reference to an artificial technology that was able to replicate a cognitive thought followed by an action that traditionally only a human could perform. So it evokes images of like a Will Smith movie. But the truth is that AI is all around us and the future is here and it it has been for a while. People use the term AI interchangeably now uh, more and more frequently with intelligent automation. And while, you know, purists know the difference, everyday users like you and I It basically means that things can be programmed and predicted and then actioned without the intervention or the cognition of a human. So when we talk about it in terms of the capabilities that exist, there's a spectrum for that. And it 
follows the range of anywhere from basic all the way up to algorithmic business. And the layers in the in the middle there are what are becoming known more as AI. So it's robotic process automation, which is RPA, or machine learning, which means that data that's ingested into a model allows that machine to get smarter and to make more and more predictions, and then action on the back end of that using robots. And that's traditionally, you know, how, how we use it in... Um, in our world. And, and on top of that, there are other types of technologies like natural language processing that you use and maybe don't even realize it when sometimes you're communicating with an intelligent chatbot. And then, you know, algorithms, for example, that take effect when you're being marketed to, for example. So the, de- yes. the definitions have gotten less and less clear, but for the purposes of today, we can refer to them all as AI. Well, and AI has been around for a long, long time. And what I learned in just doing this research is that AI is really sort of the umbrella term and machine learning is just one aspect of it that really thrust AI into the spotlight. There's all other kinds of artificial intelligence, reactive machines, limited memory, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's the machine learning that we have really taken hold of or has really taken hold of us. I mean, is that sort of on the on the right track, would you say? Yes. And what you said, it's machines that have taken the data for themselves and predicted behavior. Like every morning when I get in my car and it says seven minutes to O2 Fitness, it knows I'm going to the gym because <laughs> Google Maps has recorded that information that every day that's where I drive. So, Well, it's figuring out your I behavior go. patterns. And, and if you don't go right. to the gym, maybe it's going to remind you. Is it going to smack me on the head and it, say go to the gym? It might tell you not you... to go to Starbucks and, and go right to the gym. <laughs> Right. Don't eat that cheesecake. That's what we need. So talking about that functionality, what are some of the biggest use cases for AI in the finance sector? If I'm being honest, the possibilities for addressing inefficiencies in the finance sector are really, really endless. You know, they span consumer banking and commercial banking, payments and capital markets. And in my role, I'm often surprised when projects are submitted to my team how similar they really are. The root cause and the underlying business problems are are very common. A lot of what we see in the finance sector is, you know, especially in today's economic climate, is document imaging. So this space had made has made significant advancement over the past years and what can be done when a document is imaged and we can extract data through the technology called OCR or ocular character recognition that tech can um, significantly improve through processing of mortgage documents and bills of lading, financial statements, things like that. And then you can combine that with machine learning so that you can take action from the data that's been read through those types of documents. And so what you're saying is it really frees up the back and mill offices maybe to do less of the mundane repetitive things and freeze up their time to serve their customers in better ways and build better relationships. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and keep their accounts safer. What about customer facing tasks? Well, I mean, we don't really need to go much deeper than what you and I would want as consumers, right? I want my account holding experience to be super streamlined. I want quick resolution to my disputes. I want an online portal that that knows who I am. 
I want my bill pay software to provide me notifications when I maybe forget that I have an e-bill in my folder or a week before something is due, I want a text message. If I have a large balance, I, I might want recommendations for investing or something like that. Um, it can deepen the relationship between me and my financial institution by providing me with insights about myself um, and, and offer me assistance to help me navigate my accounts real time, that 24 almost, hours a day. Yes, 24-7 frictionless service. But it sounds almost counterintuitive that um, by interacting with a robot, so to speak, that we're going to deepen <laughs> our relationships with our customers or our financial institutions. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, well, I think about my kids and growing up in, they're growing up in the digital age, right? And the pandemic has only deepened their dependence on technology. So I can foresee them having very little patience to wait until the next day to call about an issue that they've seen on their account. You want to have that immediate opportunity to take action on something you want or something you've seen that concerns you. But you also want the opportunity to speak with a human if you feel it's necessary. So if you feel like your interaction has been satisfied in an electronic format, then you can close that and you can feel like, oh, wow, they took care of me. They took care of me immediately. And it's not necessarily Jill took care of me. It's my institution did. And they provided a service for me to be able to access them when their humans were sleeping or weren't at work. And if I want to call the next day, I can. Technology and humans don't have to be mutually exclusive. We can work together in a way that brings a level of satisfaction and brings that instant touch when we need it. That's a great way of putting it. And, and basically what it comes down to is we want to be happy customers, right? And happy customers are ones that get their issues resolved quickly and with the results that we want. Right. And then also on the flip side, if the people that work in these financial institutions aren't have to, having to deal with such mundane tasks and spending all of their time on certain things that chatbots or virtual assistants can attend to, their time is freed up to do work that feels more important or work they enjoy more. So using AI isn't about removing humans from the workplace. It's about letting machines handle the mundane and repetitive tasks, allowing people to focus on the really important work, like talking to customers. Doesn't sound so sinister after all. We've heard about how AI can help staff behind the scenes. But what about in the front office? How can AI be used to interact with members? AI can be used to improve account holder experience by providing a more smooth identification and authentication process for the user. We can mimic live employees through chatbots and virtual assistants. That Those types of things allow us to deepen the customer relationship because we're building loyalty when we're accessible. When the member in a credit union wants to, to have information, they have it at their fingertips. A good example of this is cookies. We've all accepted or, or not accepted them, right? And sometimes those are kind of freaky, right? We don't want those insights and recommendations coming to us because it feels very invasive. 
until it hits the nail on the head, until you find that piece of merchandise that you've been looking for that is at a lower price than what you had budgeted because the cookies knew what you were looking at and how much those items were. So it can improve the account holder experience in a lot of ways if you allow it to and if you're open to accepting the recommendations and to allowing your data to be used. You're talking about these personalized insights and recommendations. Can you give us an example? What does this look like in practice if Aaron or Jill get a personalized insight or recommendation? So for example, I'm, I'm, I am I like rugs. I, I have a lot of them. I shop for them a lot. I like to change them out quite frequently. So as I shop for them, you know, you get more and more ads. Or if you use Pinterest, for example, you get more pins. Like, oh, we think you might like this. You know, maybe you get more more data fed to your content management system, like your if it's your inbox or if you're, your, your Pinterest boards or whatever it is you like. In the financial sector, that might look a little bit different. It might say, you know, Jill, we noticed you've been spending more money on Amazon than you have in the past, right? Or Jill, you know, we're, we're analyzing all of your expenses and we've noticed that you're not hitting the budget that you had set, right? Like those things right now I'm saying are very intuitive because we're in the pandemic and, and these sorts of things are probably a, a common story. But if I'm in traditional day-to-day activity and I don't realize, um, you know, how much more I've started spending in a particular area, my checking account might give me insights as to, wow, I had no idea I spend $1,200 a month on groceries. That feels like a lot. Maybe maybe next time I'm at the grocery store, I, I won't grab the extra box of cereal. <laughs> it just provides you the ability to to save where maybe you've been um, predicted. Same with your retirement account. It'll tell you, give you an algorithm on how much more you might need to retire at the parameters that you've set and help you with a savings strategy based on that. So that moves us into security and AI. And we know that trust is one of the biggest things customers look for when they're going to their financial institutions. So how is AI being used for customer identification and authentication? The lower tech usages would be, you know, truthfully, the the voice recognition and tracking a phone number when someone calls in and matching it to an account. But, you know, more and more security products are being powered by machine learning and AI. And these big data banks emerge and evolve. You know, they'll become in the future the gold standard for enterprise fighting for that ultimate security. So traditional, you know, policy-based security can't do the same level of protection that AI can. You know, AI along with big data analytics, they can bring you real-time behavior patterns. So you mentioned, you know, I get in the car and I'm seven minutes away from the gym, right? Well, you traditionally are logging into your account, your retirement account from a particular device, but now all of a sudden you're logging in from a different device and you get a notification in your email that says, hey, you've been your, your account has been accessed by an email that isn't traditionally yours. That will extrapolate to a logging in process, or it has already in some cases um, for a lot of companies that employ that technology to be, you know, not so rule and policy based, but to take into account the patterns of behavior of the clients and how they're accessing their systems. Let's talk a little bit about customer service and AI. How can AI improve member service and relations? Chatbots are becoming more and more 
of interest to financial institutions. And there are two types. You know, there's a standard chatbot that doesn't really have any sense. <laughs> the annoying ones that make you go round and round the same <laughs> same time. But right, because um, they can't understand was, you, right? They understand the number right. two. And they understand. Right. Now I have a very personal request. Please listen (laughs) to me. But maybe that's. Hear my story. Hear my story. Right. Um, But But maybe that's what you're talking about with these these newer AI chatbots that really are able to deal with issues. Yeah. And they have natural language processing in them, which is what makes them an AI chatbot or a virtual assistant as they're. We've built some too that actually you can access a, a digital face. Then you can have a a human to digital face conversation and they can interpret what you mean. They can hear your whole account number. They can, for every word, there's thousands of words on the back end where they're making sentences through these natural language processing technologies that exist. And they are uh, becoming more and more effective at absorbing information. And the level of sensitivity of the question that's being asked tends to relate to the effectiveness. So if you're in a highly emotional situation right now or you're scared, you know, you're talking faster or you're using more words or people are a little bit more, you know, the tone is different. So in the a case of a, of a digital assistant might be able to modify their facial expressions or, you know, say, I understand that, you know, from the tone of your voice, I understand that you're upset you know, would you like to continue or would you like me to transfer you to a human? So maybe they could recommend therapy <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I mean, I was I was delighted when I had a recent chatbot experience. I, I just recently bought a new computer and my, my last computer was way, way old. Like we're talking like 10 to 11 years old. So it like really thrust me forward and all of the passwords and all of the security stuff, it just was such a pain. And I was having to relink financial institutions. So the difference between the chatbots, the ones that really aren't AI and just kind of are, you know, press one for this, two for this, and you really can't get your answers. But there was another one I did where I had had uh, a late fee or something and it was automatically waived and it was fast. It was done. It was taken care of. I didn't have to, I wasn't on hold. You know, I didn't have to listen to obnoxious music. You know, it was great. And because of that, the agents on the back end were available for the more valuable, value added requests from users. Right. And so how you've touched on this a little bit. So how do the chatbots help organizations? So they they free up service representatives for more value added requests so they can eliminate runaround time um, that is natural in some instances to resolve basic issues and questions. Members don't have to wait until business hours to get on the phone or wait in a queue for the next available representative. Chatbots are available 24-7. And with the combination of AI and chatbots, the customer service agents you know, become more readily available to handle complex issues. Um, and that just leads to a more robust and enjoyable client experience, in my opinion. And what customer service functions can AI handle? You know, queries, canceling accounts, opening accounts, directing traffic. It's so funny because I just tried to cancel an account and I, I've, uh, because I've been hosting this podcast, I've learned so much about the financial world and I've changed um, banks. But my smaller regional bank, 
I, I couldn't cancel my account online. I'm like, really? There and and it wasn't even that. Like they said, you know, transfer all your money over, and it'll take 24 hours, and then call us on Monday morning. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's very frustrating, right? That goes back to the instant gratification. Like you want the ability to be able to transfer your funds. It's your money. Like you should be able to access right. it when you want. Well, it sounds like good chatbots can now do just about anything. But given the experiences I, and probably you, have had with them over the years, this improved functionality almost seems too good to be true. But it's not. In fact, the team at FIS has already built not one, but three fully functioning AI chatbots to help service their clients. And I'm particularly interested in the one they've named Mel. Mel is one of the three digital agents we built this year at FIS. Mel is a spokesperson for our Payments One platform. So she is embedded with that knowledge base, uh, but she's a face-to-face digital agent that you can speak to so they can ask about APIs and ask about functionality and they can either type it in on the screen or they can have a conversation via natural language processing and Mel can educate our client base. But we also have Sam, who lives in our call center, and she handles disputes on lost and stolen credit cards. And when you enter, when you call in the 1-800 number to receive service, there's a prompt that says, would you like to wait in line for a representative? Or would you like to have a text message sent to you so that you can interact with a digital agent? And you click on, you press the number in the IVR, you press one or whatever the number is, and you get a link and you click on the link and you go through an authentication, like a CAPTCHA process, and you can interact uh, live with Sam and she can help you through your lost or stolen card situation very quickly. And then we have Emily as well, and she's a, a pre-sales agent and helps qualify leads associated with different wow, platforms that's fascinating. at FIS. And how long have Mel, Sam, and Emily been around? They're 2020 editions. Um, so wow. Sam Sam is now um, live for about four months, Emil, or Mel about the same time, and, and Emily is going live this month in January. And they're different from Alexa, Siri, and Cortana, right? Because they're, they're just voices. These are like <laughs> They are a people. little bit different. Um, the computation power isn't quite the same yet, but yes, they are different because of the face and the actual user interface associated via the internet. So let's talk a little bit about credit unions and AI, because we know this season is focused on credit unions. And we know that credit unions are different from banks and other financial institutions because they're not for profit. And um, you're not a customer when you're part of a credit union, you're a member. So can you describe the credit union member journey and some touch points along the way where AI could be used to improve the member experience and security? Can you inquire about opening an account at a credit union now with AI? If the credit union has enabled that functionality, yes, you you could. Certainly there are credit unions that have very robust technological capabilities in online account management and bill pay and electronic setup. But certainly the pandemic has forced a level of austerity, uh, specifically in, in credit unions where lending is so popular. You have to, with, with the rates the way they are and the economy the way that it is, you have to produce more loans to create the same amount of margin and you're doing it with the same amount of people. So 
AI could help in that situation where it's helping with document processing, it's help making lending decisions, it's producing algorithms for rates um, and doing so without bias. That's great. It's actually leading me to, to kind of something else. Is is it safe to say that credit unions in general are behind the technology of for-profit banks and financial institutions? I don't think it's fair for me to make that assessment. I think it's fair to say that credit unions notoriously serve an older generation of members. And while they don't desire to be big, the hallmark of credit unions is that they desire to be great. They desire to have um, a high touch point with their users. And as their demographic changes, they're needing to make additional investments in the way they communicate with their members and their target audiences so that they can stay with that high touch environment that makes them great and offer the services that their total client base wants. This is back to my earlier statement of, we don't have to be exclusive with human touch and technology. The things go hand in hand. Well, it sounds like credit unions are poised and ready to take advantage of using AI. And as we look to the future of a credit union industry that's embraced artificial intelligence, what could the potential impacts be for both institutions and members? We may have already touched on this about how AI can be used in customer-facing roles, but do you see any differences in how AI can be used in credit unions with customer-facing roles? No, I, I think that credit unions should be a, a one-stop shop like a larger bank could be, right? And not all large banks are. The technology that's available is what you're shopping for as as a member. When I want to make a, a decision where to house my money, I'm looking for some place that has all of the capabilities that I need and good rates. What about new members? Can AI help potential new members find and choose a credit union that fits their needs? Yeah, well, certainly if I am making a new choice and I am Generation X, if I'm shopping for AI capabilities in at my financial institution and certainly at my credit union and looking for the capabilities and can they replace other relationships that I have with the capabilities that they have because they're so much better at, at other things, right? I know I can walk in if I need to. And also, you know, there's great rates and, and other things that are amazing about credit unions. What about uh, AI being used to assist credit union staff? Yeah, I would think that credit unions are constantly looking to recruit new talent. AI presents a unique opportunity to attract and retain talent. Younger employees are, are empowered to deliver more meaningful value. They understand that just because a task is complex doesn't make it meaningful, right? If you're looking to recruit young talent, robotics are the wave of the future. So has AI um, been proven to raise job satisfaction? Yes. AI has created more high quality jobs than I believe it has eliminated in, in the high quality sector, right? My job is a great example. It didn't exist three years ago and now here we are. I don't care to do mundane, mundane repetitive work. And I certainly don't want to spend four hours making them or asking one of my, one of my team members to do that. I want to push a link and send out a real-time dashboard. You know, you think about growing up in the 80s, right? You 
we didn't have YouTube to dial up our favorite things on demand, right? If I wanted to see the Bengals play, I had to sit and watch MTV all day. Or if I wanted the laughs from SNL, I had to tape my eyelids open on Saturday night. Right. Um, now you can stream <laughs> it whenever you want, right? Young people, no matter what their talent level is, they don't want to sit and wait for things and they don't want to do mundane, repetitive work. And AI can eliminate that from the workplace and drive a, a higher retention rate. You know, if you looked at your, at your turnover, it's probably in those more task-oriented, mundane, repetitive jobs. So could AI potentially handle the process of assessing potential members and setting up new accounts? Yes, it can handle that in a few different ways. It can set up new accounts from the worker perspective. You know, bots can relay data into multiple systems very, very quickly. I've built bots that reduce time for a contract setup from 45 minutes to four minutes, right, per application. The employee who managed that was elated, you know, because he was an analyst and you know, doing this repetitive data entry, it was, you know, making sure it was right. You know, a robot doesn't fat finger something. They <laughs> do it very accurately. And there's audit trails. In what ways could AI be able to assist with day-to-day -day support for members, like raising issues about their accounts or... Yeah. So in, in their day-to-day -day support, it just helps them maximize the accounts that they have and the services that are available to them and fraud alerts and investment advice and so, you know, triggering... Um, loyalty opportunities or reward redemptions. What about, can AI make decisions? I'm not even sure if that's the right phrase to use on whether to lend money to members and what rates to provide them. Yeah. And it can do that without bias, right? Bots that are processing my application and, and opening my account don't care what my prefix is. They don't care about my race, my sex, how I spell my name. You know, their actions are audible and the risk of me being discriminated against are infinitely lower. And from a regulatory perspective, my bot is held accountable to a model. You know, I now have a much higher standard of business practice. The model can defend itself and, and it can be adjusted as time moves on. And the retraining, frankly, is painless. There's no change management campaign. And, you know, we need that in, in this regulatory environment. We know that typically there are fewer credit union branches than bank branches. So how can AI offer an enhanced online user experience to make up for this shortcoming? Offering UI and UX, I mean, the science and technology associated with these things have become less and less expensive. These are fairly affordable technologies. Interface is a great way to reach out to your membership and, and allow them to have a, a single platform with which to look at their accounts. So yes, if they can help more people with the same amount of staff and keep rates low, that's how that's how they compete, right? They offer more services at the fingertips of their users and without losing the service level that they've provided to their existing base, allowing the staff that they have to serve more people faster. And what areas is AI likely to be rolled out first? Or where has it already been implemented in credit unions? I would think in the loan space for credit unions, that is where they would want to adopt initially because that is a bread and butter product for them. So in the ingestion of data and the extrapolation of that data to multiple systems and making decisions on, on rates and lending, just to be able to produce more with less. Again, the pandemic has forced this austerity. We have to be following that old adage of, of more with less. We have to provide more loans if the rates continue to be so low to make the same amount of money and we have to do it with the same amount of people. 
And what does the future balance of responsibilities look like between humans and AI in credit unions? What's your prediction? My prediction is that credit unions will remain very high touch and that will that will lead to their you know, success and that they will start to intermingle back office process automation to allow their employees to be front and center with their members. And in wrapping up, can you sum up what you think the key benefits that AI will offer to credit union members and credit unions themselves? AI will make it easier to do business with credit unions for younger generations. Members now expect their financial institutions to be convenient one-stop shops, and that is driven by our robust digital experience. So AI will provide speed in the back office that clients may not even understand is happening. When I send an email to a group inbox about a credit inquiry or a loan processing or a, a state of my loan processing, a bot will be able to categorize and filter those emails. And I'm probably not even going to know it's happened. We know that Johnny doesn't have to go check at three o'clock and filter out and forward all of those emails. A bot can do that and and the credit union can service my loan faster and bring me to a, a closing statement much faster so that they can maintain their margins. Jill Mason is Director of Business Transformation Robotics and Artificial Intelligence for FI Payments at FIS. That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time when we'll be talking with Al Coe, CEO of Early Warning about his predictions for P2P. Mm-hmm.